Welcome to the soon-to-be award-winning Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Sunday, March 6th day, windy 2022. Coming right up, it's the book of Psalms, chapter 56 and 57. Don't you dare miss it. No one can buy inner peace. Inner peace and contentment are priceless. People drag others into vain frustrations and arguments. But in these two Psalms, we talk about how our kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives us the only way out. First, please consider all anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. This podcast depends on depends on God's provisions through you. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. Get involved in this ministry. Contact us here or me here. It's all me all by myself. Companionchapel at gmail.com. Companionchapel.com and Companion Chapel is located at number 338 side row 28-29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. You can call me after 6519-706-8876 and I want to give a big shout out to some of our some of the listeners in the Bronx, New York, and Brooklyn, New York, down through Palmetto, Florida, California, Columbus, Ohio, and in the country of Namibia. Namibia in Africa. Isn't that just the greatest thing? The way your provisions are helping magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's saving word around the world. That is the Great Commission. Thank you for helping with this podcast. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to chapter 56 and verse 1. And it reads, the book of Psalms, chapter 56, verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. His fighting daily oppresseth me. People dragging others into their vain frustrations and arguments. My enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Most people follow the ways and things of the world, put expectations on other people, and their traditions of progress, profit, materialism, consumerism. Oh, we need more global spending. All the governments only can get reelected if it's all about spending, growth, investment. Who cares about Mother Nature's rights? Or or the, or the rights of the downtrodden, or the rights of other or human beings in your human family exploiting others for personal gain. That's the traditions. And also talking about in the church itself, the traditions of men make void the word of God. And I had dealings with, a, with one of the church elders the other day. You know, I'm just trying to join a church. Like me, just regular guy. I happen to be probably one of the most biblical people you will ever meet, biblically literate. And that's a gift from God that he allowed me, a remnant of truth. And I basically feel like I've been kicked out of the church because of their traditions. They want to oppress me, swallow me up in their traditions of things like Christmas. You know, if Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day, like December 25th, give me a break. I'll tell you Luke chapter 1. You can read Luke chapter 1. It says that Christ is uh, six months difference, six months younger than John the Baptist. And it gives you John the Baptist's birthday, man, right there. His dad was in the course of Abia. That's late June. He came back late June. That's why John the Baptist was born in March. Jesus Christ's Immaculate Conception would have been December 25th in that area. But the Lord Jesus Christ, Christmas Day, you should know the birth date of our Savior, September 29th, man. He's six months younger than John the Baptist. 
And then we get into Easter. Can you please show me Easter in the Bible? Because I can show you a clothesline that rips through the Bible. It talks about Easter being a pagan fertility celebration in the spring. That's what the Easter eggs mean, their fertility symbols. It's a sexual orgy from the goddess Astaire, where they dress up in bonnets and rip around and act like rabbits in the groves. When you see the word grove in your Bible, it means Asheroth. It means the goddess Astaire. Easter just happens to fall right on the high day of Christianity, the Passover. Do you think God just wants someone like me or you to walk into a church and get swallowed up in their traditions? What about pork? It's forbidden in the Bible. Absolutely 100% forbidden. And I just did a blog and a podcast on that. You can look for that. Acts chapter 10 is pork allowed with Christians. Absolutely not. God doesn't want you eating that. And it's against what he said. God said it's an abomination to your vessel. And then there's other traditions also, but let's get on with this. You know, we pray for the church absolutely pray for them. But I tell you, if you want to flop on the floor like a fish and claim you're speaking in tongues, I'm going to go get a garden hose and spray you with it because you cannot document that in God's word. Okay, so let's just talk more about uh, Psalms 56 here before I get on another rant because I pray for that church elder even though he came here and teed off on me with no regard for the Bible at all. What church elder goes around and doesn't even carry a Bible? and can't document what they're saying. Like, dude, you have a responsibility to the Lord and to all, the many-member body, all his children. And now here we are Sunday morning. I'm not going to that church. Forget it. You know, like, uh, like the Bible says you got to shake the dust off. i got to let this, i got to settle down about this because I'm not looking for a fight everywhere I go. But if someone's going to come by and try and shake me, swallow me up with their traditions, good luck. It ain't happening, man. And I pray for you, dude, elder, I don't like you. I love you because you're part of the human family. But your attitude, your spirit, the intellect of your soul is polluted with traditions. I pray for you. I opened the Bible in front of him. I had the Bible in front of me. I was studying and ready to do a podcast when he walked in. And he didn't even regard it. Just like, look at the manuscripts here. I got all the lexicons. So I pray for this guy. Dude, let it go, your stubbornness. Okay, what, am, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee? Yeah, well, thank you. He is our strength, our Father. Trust in God or you won't be trusted. I don't, I'm not going to succumb to traditions of men just so I can be, you know, one of the church crowd. Yeah, he fits in. Yeah, let's roll some Easter eggs here on the Passover. See the word Passover 79 times, I told him? Can you find the word Easter? Because you won't find it in the manuscripts. Easter goes back through the Bible as Baal, as as grove worship, the Ashtaroth. It's disgusting, vile, sexual orgy. That's what the fertility symbols are. It was in the spring, the renewing. This went, anyways, verse 4. In God I will praise his word. In God I'll put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Fear not those who can kill the body, but those who can kill the soul. Simple as that. Verse 5. Every day they rest. Let's wrestle. Wrestle my words. And their thoughts are against me for evil. You know, always consider and observe and spot the passive-aggressive people. And protect yourself. Like if you're sitting there and you're having a conversation and they feel like, oh, this isn't what I think or how I feel. Then they're going to say, oh, you're boiling up. 
You're getting angry, Michael. Why are you so angry, Michael? You're mad. You're angry. No, I'm not. But I'm getting angry now because you're deflecting the content and you're trying to push an emotion on me that I'm not harboring right now. I'm not entertaining anger. That's passive-aggressive. To be, to be condescending to someone, patronizing to somebody, because you don't like what they're saying, because you think you know better, right? That's too bad. Like, you watch yourself around passive-aggressive people. This, this Psalms, and these Psalms that we're reading now, are called the Exodus Psalms. These are our, our way out. A way out of frustrations, arguments, and just in general, ridiculous disagreements. Like, you don't have to entertain. Don't acknowledge what the other person is saying if it's so ridiculous and they're attacking you in a passive-aggressive manner. Okay, every day they wrestle my words. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. You're walking on eggshells. Who hasn't been in a relationship like that? It doesn't matter what you say. You can be 100% right, but the first thing out of their mouth is, no, you're wrong, can't, won't, all these negativities. You don't have to put up with that, man. It's time to skate. Pack your hockey bag and book it out of there. Six, they gather themselves together. They hide themselves and they mark my steps. They wait for my soul. Watch this. We're talking, this is such a deep verse that applies today. What are we talking about here? How do, what do you mean they mark your steps and, and they wrestle with your words like we're just talking about? You know, when I was a kid, if they wanted to change us, it was ratings on television. It, it, ratings used to be the number one social engineering tool. They knew what we were watching on TV, and they could make us Hollywood and TV, that distorted satanic box in your room, would change what you think is valuable. It would change what you think is beautiful. It did to me. Now, algorithms have stepped up social engineering to another level. Algorithms redirect your opinions, interests, beliefs, to feed your self-pride and feed your egotism, no matter how distorted your train of thought is, away from the truth, algorithms will hook you up with other people with the same distorted opinions. Correction is seen as an affront. Correction is viewed as offensive. That's what they're doing to us now. Don't be part of it. Be aware of it and set yourself aside. Sanctify yourself for God. Like, can you sit in a room by yourself with no outside stimulation from a screen or something playing from an electronic device and just be alone with your thoughts and be at peace? You should be. If you've got the Word of God in you, if you have a working knowledge of the Bible, your mind can just gently scan through the Bible while you're laying there, while you're meditating, and you'll find, hey, this is leading me to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. And we pray for the whole human family to find that. These screens, these algorithms, they're waiting for your soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thy anger, cast the people, O God. Oh yeah, cast them down. Iniquity. Again, their deception, their deceivableness. They're trying to tr change your train of thought, your reactive attitude that motivates all actions. God made us in his image. What does that mean? Like, do we look like God? No. Do we have the morals of God? No. In his image means free will image. God will not violate the principles of free will. He gives you this short little book here that you have about 60, 70 years to read, and most people won't, but everybody has an opinion on it. But God will not violate the... You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. As soon as you think you know better, 
then you're in a world of hurt, man. It might seem all right at first. You're trying to convince others. You might find a whole bunch of others that think like you, act like you. Just watch everything fall apart. Frustrations, disappointments, putting expectations on others. People are always going to let you down. The only one that will never, ever let you down is our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're talking thy anger, cast down the people. How's he going to cast them down? Into their own chastisement. People will blame God. That's double jeopardy. When something goes wrong, people blame God. Like, you walked into it. You have to take responsibility for your part in that situation. You know, when it says in the Bible, thank you, God, for the chastisement. Thank God for the chastisement. That, that used to perplex me for years. And God only chastises those he loves. Like, what are you talking about? It's because you walk into it. God will allow you. You will not violate the principles of free will. If you want to walk away from God, go for it. God's outstretched arms are always there. He will never leave you or forsake you. When you feel that you've been forsaken by God, it's time for you to get on the floor and say your prayers and figure out what have you been up to, your train of thought, your intents, your actions. Has the mark of the beast superimposed itself on there through self-pride, attitudes of obscene entitlement over others, getting rich, making gains at someone else's expense? Where's your mindset been? God allows you to correct yourself and turn back to God. God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. He put us in a certain situation to be born from certain parents for a certain reason. If you think you deserve more or entitled to more, watch the frustrations mount. Oh yeah, you get some good times now and then, but just look at the planet. You cannot govern yourself. God has to govern you through this word, through his instructions. Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. Only God can govern us. Free will entities. And as soon as you realize that, then you will be able to come to terms with what's inside of you so that your heavenly Father God can reconcile you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that just the greatest thing? Hey, tell us my wanderings. Put thy tears into the bottle. Uh, why are not are, are not they in the book? Remember what's the book? Revelation chapter 20. Okay, like Revelation chapter 20 verse 12. You're either you're in one book or the other book and you want to be in the book of life. Okay, so this what this verse means, in other words, there is nothing hid that shall not be revealed. God knows your thoughts and intents in real time. We are extremely restricted and reduced as we pass through this flesh age. He had to do this to us to give us a chance to come to terms with what's inside of us. If he gave us more intelligent, we would have blew up this world a long time ago. But we know that we are restricted and reduced just by looking up into the sky and, and trying to comprehend infinity. Right there, there's proof. We, we, we can't comprehend infinity. What We can get lied to, like up here in uh, my enemies would daily swallow me up. Yeah, they're trying to trying to their tradition of evolution where you know when I was a little kid going to school oh the church said yeah this earth is 6,000 years old and uh, it was in six 24-hour days just just lying to me but let's talk about when I went to school they're lying to me too in school evolution because if evolution were true there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every species at every minute stage of transition from the single cell from the swamp to all the species we see now and the ones come and gone. An infinite array of fossils and remains at every minute stage of transition. They don't exist, period. 
don't exist. And I would be in school and they'd be teaching me the theory of evolution from some guy named Darwin walking around in some uh, Glaucus Island with, with the cocktail napkin writing notes on it and all of a sudden everyone believes it. You know what? There is evolution amongst the species. Like man went from the canoe to the ocean liner. Man went from uh, the slingshot to nuclear weapons. That's, that's evolution within the species. Like a fox still buries his, uh, lives in a hole in the ground. A bird still makes its nest the same, et cetera, et cetera, right? But w what we're talking about here is if you're going to sit there with a little kid like me and you're going to then tell me about the Ice Age in the next film, the next week that we watched, how the world was a snowball, then that then that doesn't make any sense. You're lying to me, because if, if there was a if the whole world turned into a snowball, the ice age has proven that there was ice down to sea level, right at the equator. How'd that happen? The sun's blocked out, and, Re and Genesis chapter one tells us all about it in infinite detail. Okay, the timeline, in infinite detail, of when all this happened, and I teach that too. But I'm just telling you now that if the, the like there was no photosynthesis occurring. The planet got cold because the sun was blocked. Like, we didn't exist. 14,000 years ago, God said, let there be light. That's 12,000 B.C. That takes you to 13,000 years ago. And then, and then God said, well, let's create an atmosphere here. And then and, uh, that takes us down to 11,000 years ago, or 12,000 years ago. And then God said, uh, okay, let's uh, get this ice back and have some river streams and uh, the waterways, and uh, let's get some foliage here. And that takes us down to 11,000 years ago. And, and then God said, uh, I'm going to put up two unique lake givers up there, and I'm going to assemble everybody, all the stars, all my children that fell, the one-third that fell, and I'm going to set the stage for this earth age. What unique lake giver are you going to be enlightened by? And then that takes us down to 10,000 years ago. And then go down to 9,000 years ago, like the Bible says. And we get the fishies and the birdies and all, the, all that eco, marine ecosystem. And then we go down to 8,000 years ago. And who comes along at 8,000 or, or uh, 8,000 years ago? Well, mankind, along with the rest of the animals. God re wanted us to replenish the earth. He set the stage for this earth age. We ought to be born innocent of women. So 6,000 years ago, or 6,000 B.C., 8,000 years ago, there you have. There's man. That's the sixth day. One day with the Lord is a 1,000 years. There's your time frame template to apply there. So let's, let's just, all the security and certainty of God's word is just the greatest thing against all the enemies that would daily swallow you up and what they think. Open the book and let it speak for itself. When I cry unto thee, then smite my enemies, this I know, for God is with me. Yes, he is your refuge, your fortress, your buckler. Remember what buckler means. Does it mean flop on the floor and like a like a fish out of water and and speak babble? God is the God, not the God of confusion. Remember, he said to Job, "Stand up, Job. Pull up your drawers and stand up. Stand up like a man. Stop sulking, sniveling, and whining. You're getting tested. Nowhere in, nowhere in the Bible does it say, oh, "I'm a Christian now. It's going to be a cakewalk." You know, Job was a tough guy. He had three sniveling, whining buddies there with him. And then in Job 38, God says, Stand up, Job, pull up your pantaloons, and why are you listening to your three friends with no wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge? None. 
Why are you listening to them? They're without knowledge. So when you read Job from chapter 3 to 38, be very careful because in Job 38 it says, hey, everything you just read there is without not my knowledge. Sounds like the stuff you hear in the churches today. Sugar sweet. Verse 10 of Psalms 56. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Let's say in God and in the Lord. God Elohim and the creator will I praise his word. And in my father, my heavenly father will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What man can do unto me? Yeah, forget it. So what? What can they do? What we do? You know what? If you, if you live with nothing, then you, you don't have to worry about nothing. Like, what do you want stuff for anyway? Verse 12, Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. Never, ever impose on the spirit of reverence. You will never hear me call another man reverend when it's crystal clear in the book of Isaiah, the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit, that's his intellect, that's his intellect, that's his character. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, strength, and the spirit of reverence. So, dude, with the backwards collar on up there, or the dress, or whatever you got on behind the pulpit, who do you think you are to call yourself reverent? Think I'm going to call you reverent? Not a chance in hell. 13. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, thou wilt deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. I don't know why there's a question mark there, because that's a statement. And in the light of the living, in the resurrection of life, as soon as we die, we go somewhere. Let me tell you something. We go somewhere when you die. He is your only stability. He is your rock. Get God's word into you. And you don't have to worry about anything. Worry and anxiety is that polar opposite of faith. I want to thank you very much for listening. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. I'm going to right away do chapter 57, but I'm going to do it on a different podcast. So if you're listening, I want you to have yourself the greatest day. God bless you, and bye for now.